Hi, and welcome to the Drawing Inspiration Podcast. I am your host, Mike Hendley. Episode 12, Managing Time and Expectations with Inktober. Before I get into the main part of the show, here are some uh, updates over the last few weeks. So I've been doing some more urban sketching, and it's getting to that time of year now where I live, where uh, winter is coming uh, very soon. And so we're faced with kind of uh, getting things put away, um, battling with the beautiful leaves on the trees. They change color this time of year to orange and red and yellow. And so it's a bit of a challenge trying to get out there and uh, do the urban sketching, do the painting before the leaves are on the ground. So I've been struggling with that in trying to get out and draw and paint uh, before all the leaves disappear. So it's a bit of a challenge this time of year for a couple of reasons. Um, the sun is not as available as it is during the summer, and it's colder. So especially into the evening, when you get that kind of beautiful uh, sun dropping from the sky, it's typically quite cool. And so drawing and painting in that kind of weather is uh, its just something I'm not used to. Um, because up until this year, I've never kind of sat outside and done this kind of stuff. So I'm going to have to get uh, used to it because I live in a cold climate and I hope to do some of this in the winter as well, where uh, it's not so cold that my uh, paint and uh, water uh, don't freeze. So anyways, that's been fun. I'm uh, trying to uh, scope out some areas where I live that I want to uh, draw and paint this year and next year. So that's been kind of uh uh, good as well. Um, you live in your community, your city for years, and then as soon as you take on something like, let's say, urban sketching, you look at it differently. You start thinking about those environments, those places that uh, you'd like to paint, that you think other people would like to see. And you also look at those objects when you're in front of them differently. You start observing the light and the dark and uh, the textures and the patterns and it's really, uh, it's been eye-opening for me. I've never kind of gone through this process before kind of organically, and uh, I would encourage others to try it. So something that's been kind of funny, and uh, this is, uh, I'm having trouble with this one, and that is uh, business cards. So at a, at a previous uh, urban sketching kind of event or um, artists in the park event that I was at, there was many artists there, really, really talented uh, artists that had, um, that were doing their work have many people handing out business cards. I had none. Uh, I still don't have any. And I'm at that point where people are asking if I can do a piece for them, where can they find my work, that kind of stuff. So typically I'm handing out like an Instagram um, account or I probably need to fix that, but I'm not, and I've talked about this in previous episodes, I'm not that keen on monetizing what I'm doing. To, um, I, I kind of, I guess I need to be available for this. I need to be measured in what I do that is not just for me. And uh, this is the challenge I have. I don't want to sit down and necessarily, you know, do work that doesn't um, motivate me, doesn't inspire me. And if the inspiration comes from money, that's not why I'm doing this. I have a day job. And so I'm looking at this quite a bit differently. I know a lot of artists and other podcasts that talk about art focus on the monetization component. I, I will talk about that uh, in future episodes as well. But for me, the motivation is about being creative, about expressing myself, uh, about exploring what's out there, about meeting other artists and seeing where the journey takes me. I want to be 
more fluid with uh, what I'm observing, what I'm putting down on paper, and what's uh, building up inside of me. So maybe I need to look at it like business cards is an opportunity for me to network versus uh, handing it out for the purpose of getting commissions and things like that. So something really funny happened in the last week, week and a half maybe. So the kind of work I typically do, the, the kind of creative work I do is um, right now I'm doing a lot of drawing and urban sketching and ink and that kind of stuff. But I also do a lot of digital work. And I've done a lot in the past. You can see some of my work on my website. Um, so what I did, and in doing this, I do it on the iPad. And I use Procreate. Um, I've also done a lot more with Linnea Sketch. But Procreate has been the app that I've been using the most. And I was poking around the Procreate website. And I have kind of an account there. They have a kind of a community section of the site. And I thought, well, maybe I should go in and update my account, make sure it's current. And then there's an opportunity for you to upload some of your work. So I decided, well, that's, that's a good idea. So I went in and uploaded, I think, five or six pieces. And thought, that's, that's good. So, I mean, they... One was a frog and then nuthatch and um, some other animals that I had drawn as well. And a lot of these pieces I've spent anywhere between, you know, I'm going to say five to eight to ten hours in uh, Procreate and working on these. So that was cool. I put them there and I thought it would be a good opportunity for people to look at them. I went and looked at a few others. I thought, um, I'll leave it like that. So then I get an email probably within a day or so from Procreate saying that my one of the images I had uploaded was flagged and banned from the forum. And it was banned because somebody said it was a photograph and that was breaking the rules for the forum. So my initial thought was, well, that's, I'm mad. <laughs> that's, that's not good. Why did, why would someone do that? And then I took it, uh, I, I think, uh, a more uh, uh, open approach to it, and that is, uh, maybe this is a compliment. And I, then I saw the humor in it, you know, that someone would look at some of the work that I've done, some of the, the stuff that I've drawn, had identified that it's a photograph when it's when it's actually not. I mean, if you zoom in, you can see my strokes and things like that. So obviously I fooled somebody and I assume it's a person. I may have fooled an algorithm, but I think I probably fooled a person. They decided, no, I was trying to cheat the system by posting a, uh, a photograph. And uh, I, I see this on Facebook all the time. You know, you've been in a Facebook group that is focused on drawing or painting and you see people that will, um, especially in, in a drawing group, where they will take a, a photograph or, or throw a filter on a photograph and consider that drawing. It may be a form of art, but it's not drawing. And so you do get that thing, kind of thing happening. So I guess somebody looked at my art. Uh, this was the nuthatch drawing and said, that's a, that's a photograph. Um, we need to ban it. And uh, so they made the request. So I replied to Procreate and they uh, reversed it and the nuthatch is back. So um yeah, so I, I thought that was uh, that was kind of funny. I, I had uh, a comment from somebody saying that uh, I guess that's achievement unlocked, and I guess that's very true to be able to uh, to fool somebody into thinking it's a it's a photograph. Mm -hmm. So I do do realism uh, as a lot of the work that I do in in digital work. So uh, I guess uh, yeah, truly achievement unlocked. I came across this really interesting article, and I'll provide a link in the show notes about a uh, a painter, an artist. Uh, called Trudy Smith. And I, I encourage you to read it because 
You know, I, I'm in my early 50s, and this art thing that I'm doing, uh, the idea of drawing digitally and, and watercolor and ink and all of this, this is fairly new for me. And at this age, you always feel like, what am I doing? Like, am I too old to be doing this? And then I see this article of Trudy Smith. She is 102. She started painting when she was 85. And for, for someone to, at 85, decide, I'm going to go down this journey and take on this kind of creative endeavor, I just, hats off to you. Like, that's, I want to be that person. I want to have that view of the world that I could, at some point in my life, decide, I'm going to try something new, especially creatively. I, I think that's that's great. And uh, I encourage you to read through the uh, the article. It, it's encouraging. and. Uh, I think one of her, and and this is uh, I the title of the article, and I think it's one of her uh, quotes as well, is she recommends that you should be like a weed, then you belong to everywhere or anywhere. And I, I do, I think that's great. So if you're looking for that encouragement, if, if you're struggling with uh, kind of moving into becoming an artist or questioning yourself or thinking, I'm too old for this because there's people that went to school when they were 19 and have been doing this for 30 years, uh, read the article. It's, uh, it's fun. And I think that uh, we can all take on these new challenges and go out and hit it with fresh eyes and try new things. And uh, yeah, it's, it's great. So please check it out in the show notes. So I've been playing a lot with uh, different inks and uh, paper. What I'm trying to do is find an inking solution. So if I draw a sketch with a pencil on paper, on watercolor paper as part of urban sketching, and then I want to apply ink to it, I'm trying to find an inking solution that obviously uses permanent ink because I need to throw water on top of it and something that allows me to change the width. And I talked about this in the last episode. So I've been playing a little bit more with brushes um, so focusing on uh, the Pentel and the Sakura, uh, I tried the Micron brush again, and I think it's okay. The, the challenge I'm having is, especially with the Micron brush, and I tried the Pentel as well, is that there's a little bit too much flex in the brush itself. And so there is another Sakura brush. It's, um, I'm not sure the name of it, but it has, uh, kind of Japanese characters on the side and it's got a little string on the end. I'll, uh, I'll provide a link to it in the show notes, but either way, it is my favorite brush at this point because I can get such a thin, consistent line. And then when I need to, I can go nice and wide. Uh, so I'm going to use that for my next couple of pieces and see how that goes. I've played with the fountain pens, but I'm still waiting for my, uh, my additional materials. I have the ink. But uh, I need the converter it, to be able to load up these uh, this pen. And uh, it's still not where I want it to be. So I'm trying to reach out to other people as well. I want to be able to find a nib that has some flex in it so that I can be nice and clean as a matter of a, a, a nice thin line and then apply some pressure and get some wider ink um, laid down on the paper. So I'm still kind of struggling with that. And, you know, I may be focusing too much on detail, but I just, I love putting ink down on paper and I'm just trying to find a solution that allows me to do that where I can have kind of varying widths of ink. Um, I, I love the Micron pens and I still use them regularly, but I, I do like that idea of being able to use a brush or a fountain pen to be able to vary the width. I just um, haven't found what I'm looking for yet, but the, the Secura, the one I mentioned, that has the kind of the little string on the end, 
has been the closest just because the fibers on that brush itself and i you know these are single use um oh the secure i'm talking about is a single use as far as i know i should probably take it apart but i, I think it's a single use the fibers on the tip are, are, are so nice and i actually bought a second one because i i'm like it so much. I actually just bought it at Michael's. Um, there is, uh, I'm sure you can buy them online as well. I'll try and find a, a link to them just so at least you can see what it looks like. But to date, I think that's been my favorite brush. I'm still using the Moleskin watercolor books, and I've been using those for the kind of sketching component. I've done a couple of pieces now using the Strathmore have like a watercolor book that's spiral bound, and I've been using that. Be- and and not doing it on both sides. I'm just doing it on a single side, so I can take that piece of paper out and scan it or frame it or whatever the case. And what I've been doing in addition to that is adding some painter's tape. So I've been kind of marking off the top and the bottom, the left and the right, with painter's tape, kind of that green tape that you get. And I- I'm doing that because I want to be able to see if I can add a nice clean border to it. I think it looks good. I'm going to try that for my next few as well. It just it helps to define things a little bit, and uh, so I'm thinking I'm going to keep doing that. I did find the first time I used the painter's tape, it pulled up some of the watercolor paper itself, but I think I was being a little bit sloppy in how I'm kind of pulling it off. The other thing I worry about too is I've got a busy schedule. Uh, when I put the tape on and I start something, and if it's going to take me four or five days or whatever to get back to it and finish it up, is that going to be a problem for the painter's tape? So that's something I'm going to explore a little bit as well. So as you know, in the last episode, I had uh, Miriam Tilson on and we talked about Inktober. So I've been into Inktober and I thought I'd talk through kind of where I am now, some of the tools I've been using and some of the challenges because uh, I've I've hit kind of a wall earlier than I thought. And so I thought I would talk through my experience with that and with the hope that it may help you in dealing with not just Inktober, but this idea of challenging yourself and moving things forward. And it, in, in turn, it may help me just to talk it out and be able to, um, to, get, uh, to, to make sure that I continue through until the end of the month. So, so let me talk first about uh, what I'm using for Inktober. So I am using my iPad in Procreate. I, have, I'm, I think I may do some with Linnea Sketch. Um, just to change it up a little bit, but I do want to keep it digital. I try and do some of my drawing at lunch where I work, so I want something that's a bit more mobile. Uh, I know I could carry a pad and ink and and all that kind of stuff, but I kind of want to something that's I don't have to think too much about. I did it last year with the iPad, so I'm going to continue doing that this year. So in using Procreate, I use. Uh, a brush set from Stafe. Uh, I'll provide a link to his uh, brushes as well. That includes some Pentel brushes, and basically, I mean, you can you can use the inking uh, brush set that's part of Procreate, and it works just great. You don't have to go out and buy any, but I do like this brush set, and I find it has worked well for me. The uh, I mean, there's even a brush set for urban sketching, for example, and so some of these I think are repurposed. But in this case, I really enjoy what Steve has done with his um, the, the primary inking brush that I use. And so, yes, completely digital. I am doing some inking on paper separately as part of kind of urban sketching and all that. But with regard to Inktober, it's 100% on my iPad. And 
just so you know as well, the canvas I use is quite large. And so I think it's something around 4,000 to 5,000 pixels, 300 DPI, something like that. And I did this last year as well. My, th- my thinking is, if I ever print these, I want really good resolution. Now, it does mean that, you know, in a couple of the ones I've done already, they are somewhere around, you know, 90, 100 megs, which is quite large. And uh, so my my process for this, and the reason I know the size is, is kind of so critical, is after I've done a piece, so I do it in Procreate, finish it off, I export it as a JPEG, and then I upload it to, uh, to Instagram and Twitter and whatever the case. Then what I do is I take that Procreate file, because I'm doing it on the iPad, and I open up my Files app, and I drag that Procreate file, the source file, into Dropbox. And that's the way I back things up. So I take that whole file and drop it into Dropbox. And that way, if anything ever happens, I do have the source file. And that's where I see the size. And so it's it's kind of neat that if you have multiple layers, and sometimes I'll have six or seven versions of something, and I just leave them there as layers, that you end up with this thing that you know could be 100, 130, 140 megs versus uh, something quick, which may be 20 or 30 megs. And if you're on a slower speed connection, this could be problematic. I, um, I'm not, uh, I do have a very fast connection, and so I'm not too worried about that, but I do want to make sure that I have backups for everything. So I would encourage you that if you are using Procreate and the work is valuable to you, make sure you do back it up and just take that Procreate file. And all you have to do is open up the Files app in the split screen uh, find where you want to put it, open up uh, Procreate on on the right or the left, whatever the case, and just in the gallery, take that image and just drag it into the Files app, and that will create a copy. Um, that's a really easy way to kind of keep your backups in place. So I'll talk a little bit about my Inktober experience so far and some of the ones I've done. I started off with, um, the first day was Ring, and so the first thing I thought about with Ring was Johnny Cash and Ring of Fire. And so that's what I did. I wasn't, I didn't spend too much time on it, but I just basically drew a ring of flames and put a little stool with his guitar in the middle. I was going to do a little bit more with his silhouette, but I thought it was a bit understated. I'm trying not to spend too much time on these, um, in these drawings, because I feel that there's uh, maybe a burden that you end up lifting on to yourself as you get into this. And I'll talk about that further as I go through some of the other ones I've done. And uh, I'm seeing this pattern happen, and that's, that's what I'm struggling with at this point. So Ring of Fire was good. Uh, next day was Mindless. Mindless, once again, was one of those... With this, I wanted to be, you know, I wanted to have this idea of, of really who is mindless, what is mindless, right? And so this idea that there is a robot and his mind is somehow being extracted and there is a Roomba on the floor, and a uh, robotic dog, and, you know, there's cables broken and hydraulic fluid, and all this is happening while this professor, this um, this scientist, is looking at um, their device and has headphones on and doesn't see any of this, is oblivious to the fact that there's smoke and there's fire and this kind of thing. So when we talk about, you know, a robot being mindless, maybe it's actually the researcher or the scientist or the uh, the, the individual here who's uh, looking at uh, his uh, device. So I wanted to play on that a little bit. And once again, for me, I don't usually draw this kind of stuff. 
And so that's why Inktober is so compelling for me is because I don't do this kind of thing normally. And so it forces me to be doing, you know, I usually do realism, or at least with watercolor, it's it's kind of a, a slightly more abstract kind of view of the world. And Inktober forces me to draw something different. This is not what I typically draw. And so it pushes me to try new things, to take different approaches, to look at different styles. And that's what I tried to do with Mindless, was to, uh, was to do that. When we got to day three, which was bait, I decided to do what I did last year and go with a dark background and white ink. And I thought, once again, this would be an interesting play to have, a, um, to have two fishermen in a boat trying to catch fish, but there's a massive mutated lantern type fish uh, that is using them as using, um, is, is eyeing them as a meal and uh, is using a little uh, lantern as bait for the fishermen. So I thought it would be kind of a, a fun play on things. I, I, I like, if I can inject humor, uh, I like to do that. If I can't do humor, I will inject some some emotion where I can, because I, I want to be able to, when I look at Inktober, I, I like this idea that, you know, there is a story here, and there is stuff that's happened up to this point, and there's going to be something that happens next. But I want to show you where it is right now. It's what I, how I like to approach it. I want you to look at it and think, oh no, or oh wait, that's the kind of experience I want from you. And so that's what I do. And I think when you look at day four, which is freeze, it's that same experience where you've got a praying mantis, it's eyeing a fly, the fly, and people won't see this uh, unless they look for it, but the fly sees the reflection, and obviously it's flipped upside down, but sees the reflection of the praying mantis in a water droplet, and not just one, but three. So I kind of wanted to uh, confirm that these are water droplets, and so I put the same kind of upside down mantis view in each, and I put the little exclamation mark above the fly as a thought bubble because I just wanted to kind of confirm that, uh, you know, that fly knows what's going on. So everybody freeze and the praying mantis freezes and there's a little block of cheese and there's a fly behind that that's frozen. And then there's little tiny flies under the leaf and they're all frozen. So that was my exploration for freeze where, you know, you don't know what's going to happen next, but the praying mantis is probably going to have a meal. That was fun. I was really happy with that one. And then I moved on to build, which was this idea of, uh, you know, building a robot. I wanted to explore a different perspective on this one. So I, you know, it was my first time drawing this kind of, uh, you know, kind of combined vanishing points with a really odd perspective. I've not done this kind of stuff before. So it was my first try. And I think it turned out okay. So once again, building a robot. I put the little Canada flag there because I'm Canadian and I thought it'd be fun because, you know, there's the Canada arm up in space and on the shuttle and on the, um, on the space station. So I thought it'd be fun to have a Canada arm. <laughs> and so there's an arm down on the, uh, on the 18 wheeler that's on the ground and, uh, you know, putting my name down even on the ground as, as if somebody kind of walked it out on, you know, the salt or the sand that's down there, I thought it would be kind of fun. I really liked this one. Uh, I probably spent too much time on it, um, on the lines and the rivets and things like that. I think I could have done a better job on the legs. But for the idea of build, this was probably the, um, even if I look back to last year and the 31 I did last year, I spent quite a bit of time on this. If I look at my iPad, it's 
it's not going to be accurate because I did, I'm going to say three or four things before I actually built this one. So that, that time's going to be built into it. I'm going to say maybe like three hours total, I guess, on build. And um, anyways, it was, uh, I really enjoyed that. So then we moved to day six. And this is where things fell off. Uh, I guess I got off the rails on this one. And so day six was Husky, was the prompt. I didn't want to draw a, a Husky dog. And, you know, I thought of a husk of corn. I thought of a Husky man. I just, I struggled with this word. It didn't give me enough room to kind of explore things. And it really spent me, sent me for a bit of a spin. And I ended up drawing a, um, what ends up looking like a king uh, sitting beside a, uh, a dog, a Husky looking out onto the ocean. I had, I think, I'm going to say like six different versions of this before I finally got to this. You know, it got to a point where I had, you know, they were looking out onto a couple of graves and these were possibly ghosts or they were just, I just, I was all over the place on this one. I'm not a big fan of the prompts where it is so clear. And when I look at some of the uh, prompts coming up, things like Snow and Dragon, Dizzy, Legend, some of those are... Uh, Dragon's probably the worst, I think. Snow is hard because we're doing stuff in ink. <laughs> uh, I could just draw nothing and say Snowstorm, but the uh, Husky was hard. And, um, I, you know, I, I have to say that, you know, on a positive note, when I look at the other words, I think Husky is probably the worst for me for this Inktober in 2019 in trying to put together some thought. I don't like to do what's expected. And so that's why I had a problem with Husky. I've, you know, so many artists did some wonderful work. And for me, I'm trying to challenge myself to be unexpected. And maybe that's too much to put on me, uh, to put on myself. But I'm trying to do that. And um, so it means when you hit up against a word like Husky, it becomes a little bit more challenging. And it was a busy, a very busy weekend uh, with so much other stuff going on. And uh, so in doing Husky, just, it really, you know, I had to do the podcast as well. And it was just, it was a lot. And I just, I'm still kind of coming back from that, trying to get my uh, momentum going. But uh, Husky was tough. Thought I would talk a little bit about kind of my process here as well. When I, when I draw something on Procreate, I usually put down the word first uh, where I can uh, as a separate layer. And that kind of keeps me moving forward. I will do a rough sketch using just an HP pencil brush. And once I get the rough sketch, I'll lower the opacity of that to maybe 20%. I'll add a new layer and that's where I do the inking. And then I'll ink it out and then turn off the sketch layer. I didn't do that for uh, day six for Husky um, because by the time I got to that point, I was playing a little bit with the inking brush as well. And I just went with it. I will not do that again. I will do what I normally do, and that is sketch it out and then ink it later. I, I like the look of that much better. I, I'm just, I'm really not happy with Husky. I thought of not even posting it. And if you, you'll note when you take a look at it, and once again, links in the show notes, um, when you look at it, you'll see I didn't actually sign my full name. I just put MPH uh, as my initials because I, and this may sound weird, but I just, I, I had a problem putting my full name down because I didn't really like it that much. People have been very positive and supportive. This is more me fighting with myself. When that happens, uh, both me and myself typically lose. <laughs> 
but uh, it it was a struggle, and it shouldn't be. You know, this is this is life, right? There's there's much more complex things in the world, uh, much more obvious things in the world to be disappointed with. But uh, when you're an artist and you're struggling, honestly, you get to this point, and it's the only thing you think of. And it's like, oh my, I just, I got to get through this. I'm having struggles with this. I'm, I don't care about anything else. This is what's important to me right now. And it is so hard because you realize if you explain this to the wrong person, they're going to think, what are you talking about? It's just a drawing. And it's not that. It, it, it isn't. When you're in it, it's not that. It's more than that. And it, it's a bit of you and you feel like you failed, that you aren't doing what you should be doing, that you could, that you have more in you, and it's just not available. And why isn't it available? Why can't I turn on that switch or find that access to that creativity? Where is it? Why is it gone? It was here yesterday. I did a good one yesterday. Why isn't it here today? And uh, so that's the <laughs> struggle I had. I've got Husky done. Next is Enchanted. I think that should go a little bit easier, but uh, man, not a fan of Husky. So thought I'd put down some ideas that I tried, and some of them did help me in kind of getting through Husky and probably getting through some of the uh, other words that are coming up later in the month, and some strategies that may work for you. And so obviously the first is music. I use uh, Apple Music and Spotify. I've created some kind of uh, chill, acoustic kind of music. Sometimes I try and focus on ones that don't have words, depending on what I'm doing. But I've tried to find a soundtrack. I talked previously about, you know, if I draw with digital or if I draw with graphite, I listen to different music. I think I need to find Inktober music. And it's not what I normally listen to when I do digital or when I do graphite. And I can't explain why, but maybe because it's illustration that it's different than the others. Uh, But I haven't found that. I'm still looking. So I, I have been trying music. It's been helping a little bit. The other thing to do is change up your environment. So because I do some of this at lunch at work, I sit in a cafeteria, I'll sit in a coffee shop, and I'll do some of the sketching there. That's been helpful for me. I mean, you could do things like a bus bus or a train station, an art gallery, a library. That may work for you as well. But changing up that environment, if you're feeling like, ah, I can't figure out anything, you know what? It's, it's Inktober and you have to do one drawing today. It's okay that it's important to you. I mean, so many people say it's okay to let it go and, and do another um, a prompt another day, and I, that's great as well. But I don't think we need to diminish the fact that this means something to us, right? And if you decide you get to a point where, you know what, I, I'm going to skip today, or I'm going to skip this week because I have other things going on, that is okay. If you need to do that, that is absolutely okay. You know, don't diminish this. In saying, in, in having other people say, it's just a drawing. What? Why did you agree to do this anyways? Like you, you need to focus on it. And my family's been extremely supportive in me doing this. As I said, the battles I have are with me, <laughs> trying to, to to do this, trying to get the ideas, trying to pull this together. So having that supportive structure on you means a lot. I think uh, you know, making sure that you eat and drink and sleep. So that you are, uh, you have that kind of wellness uh, established around yourself, making sure you're not too tired and you're not hungry and that kind of thing. All of that is important. So make sure that you're um, that you're tending to yourself that way as well. I talked about community a little bit. So you know the idea that I've got a, a very supportive family, 
and supportive people on uh, you know Instagram and Twitter as well. I think that you've got to be careful about community. When I look at some of the Facebook groups, I've kind of uh, followed a couple, joined a couple around Inktober, and I think they can be intimidating because you see some really accomplished professional artists posting their Inktober, and you start to feel like my stuff isn't up to snuff. And then you get some users who aren't necessarily the most positive in their feedback, so it's better to not say anything, maybe in their case, than say what they're saying. I I do think it is helpful to see other people's ideas, uh, you know, especially when it comes to, let's say, Husky or whatever the case. There's a trade-off, though. It's great to see what other people have understood the word to mean to them. However, if you are at that point where you're still trying to focus on your idea, it can kind of cloud you or direct you in a way that you may not want. And so there's that balance. I don't like looking necessarily on social media or on these Facebook groups for a prompt until, or at a prompt until I have mine sorted out. Like once I know where I'm going, then I'll look and I'll like and I'll comment. But I, I, I kind of want it to come from inside. And so I don't like going out and looking and seeing what people did for Enchanted or what people are going to do for Frail or whatever the case. So I'm always kind of a little bit guarded in in what I intake from social media with regard to Inktober and future prompts. I've heard from others as well where it's either husky or around this point that people are feeling like, ugh, I can't. And it's okay. It's it's okay. You know, you could choose to switch prompt lists. I did that last year. I went with one prompt list and then I moved to the Inktober prompt list, I think about six days into it, seven days into it. And it was fine. I'm okay. <laughs> I, I did fine. I've done some great work, artwork since then. Um, the other thing is to maybe keep it simple. Don't focus on these larger pieces. And I'm saying that because I want to hear this. When I edit this show, <laughs> I'm going to hear this again. Keep it simple because I spent too much time on some of these uh, when it's really just getting down and drawing and drawing something different and experimenting. And it doesn't have to be a, a complicated piece, a uh, piece that takes a lot of your time. If you feel that you have that in you and that's what you need to do, then do it. Uh, all I'm saying is that you don't need to necessarily go into this. I did one last year called Flow, which I think was like four or five lines. I want to do something like that this year, but I haven't found a word where that where I can portray what I want to say in a few lines. So I'll get to that point. I'm going to try something. But uh, just keep it simple. And you know, remember that Inktober is about developing a habit. It's about drawing every day. It is not... So the other event that I was thinking about doing, just follow me here for a sec, uh, is NaNoWriMo. So NaNoWriMo is in November. It's National uh, Novel Writing Month. I did it two years ago. I wrote 50,000 words in a month. And in that, you you write 50,000 words minimum. And then when you're done, you upload your man- manuscript to a site. It counts the words and says, yay, you won. And you don't get a prize, you get a little certificate, and that's it. Inktober isn't even like that, right? Inktober is about, here's 31 prompts, draw them, post them. If you want, you don't have to post them. Post them to social media, share them, with whatever the case. And then when you're done, you're done. There's no certificate, there's no award, there's no... You can buy a t-shirt that says Inktober, but you know there's no reward at the end except what you've done and what you've learned. So this is about developing a habit. I think Jake's, Jake Parker, who created Inktober, had a really great idea with this, and that is getting you to do something as a habit. 30 days, 31 days, developing a habit of drawing every day is what's important. 
So for example, I did an urban sketch this weekend. I count that as part of my initiative with Inktober. I, I, I posted it. It doesn't count as a day, but it was an opportunity for me to sit and draw. And since I did it last year, I've drawn a lot more and I've sketched a lot more. And so Inktober for me has been invaluable. I'm not thinking back to whether I missed a day or a switched prompt lists. What I'm thinking back to is having done that, I drew things I never would have drawn before because the prompt list prompted me, <laughs> as it should, to try new things. And so that's what I got out of it. The opportunity to draw something that may not be my seed of an idea, but I've taken it on a path that is consistent with how I think and how I feel. And that's what Inktober has allowed me to do. And that's what it's doing this year. I've strugg- I struggled last year as well. There was one uh, point, I don't even remember now, this is why it's so insignificant about whether you miss a day or not, but I missed, I think, two days, and then one day I did three. So don't stress out about missing a day. If you need to walk away from it, you're a better person for doing that. Absolutely do it. And then come back to it or draw something else or do it in November because maybe October is a bad month for you. But enjoy the experience. Think about this is making you a better artist. This is an opportunity for you to draw, to get your ideas down on paper, to play with inks that you may not normally play with. You may work on watercolor and you don't do inks. Um, And this is a time of year where you can. You can feel justified in doing so. Or maybe just work with pencil. Maybe ink is something you don't want to work with and you just want to do it in pencil. I've seen a lot of young kids who are doing this as pencil, and that is fine. That is great. Uh, The opportunity, if you're drawing every day, you're winning. That's what you need to think about. If you're drawing, you're winning, you're moving yourself forward, you're exploring, you're trying new things, because inevitably, you're not going to draw the same cactus every day or the same dog every day. You're going to try something new, and it's that opportunity that Inktober opens up for you, or any of these challenges. So please, just keep trying, keep drawing. If the prompt doesn't work for you, skip it, or just make up your own for that day. Uh, I got to that point with Husky where I was like, man, I'm, I'm going to have to do something different, and I decided to just post what I had done. And I'm happy I did so, but I, I'm going to be more forgiving of myself, I think, in future, and I may just drop a prompt or switch it out for something else. But the whole point is drawing. Get out there and draw. So I usually talk about homework. I think the homework for this week is draw. It doesn't have to be Inktober. It doesn't have to be a prompt list of any sort, but maybe just draw for three days. Not one day, not two days, three days. Just draw three days in a row, spend 15 minutes and draw three days in a row. If you're stuck with Inktober, reach out, you know, send me a message, send me an email and let me know. And, you know, it's, we all go through this. I mean, what you see are the final pieces of all these artists that post their work. You don't hear the story that I just talked about. You don't hear the back part of it, right? The struggles that people have. And uh, keep that in mind. It's okay. Um, and I think that's part of the journey, right? It makes that, makes that end point much sweeter to, to know that, you know, you struggle through it and you're able to get this piece complete. And, uh, you know, I say that and I, you know, it's hard. You know, many of us deal with anxiety and and depression and other challenges, and, and life is, man, life is life, right? It's hard. And, uh, but we, we are gifted with this ability to be able to put our ideas down on paper. And if we just spend some time exploring that, we're going to be thanking ourselves in a year, two years, five years, that we put the time into exploring our creativity. So please, just 
spend a little bit of time drawing. If you've never drawn before and you've just been listening to the podcast, pick up a pencil and draw something in a corner and don't show anyone and just try. Uh, this is fun. And I encourage all of you to, to try drawing, to try being creative. So if you want some feedback, absolutely share it with me. Send me an email, send it through Instagram, whatever the case. I'd love to see your work. And I know others would as well. But don't feel compelled that you have to take what you've drawn in that corner of a piece of paper and share it on Instagram. You don't need to do that. This is for you. So draw for you. Don't draw for other people. And <laughs> I should say, if you want to do commissions, that's cool too. <laughs> so show notes, including everything I talked about, can be found at drawinginspiration.fm slash 12. Can you believe that? We're at 12 episodes already. You can find all the links to my social media accounts at drawinginspiration.fm. I'm Mike underscore Henley on Instagram, where I post all my work and my works in progress. Thanks so much for joining me this week, and keep drawing. Theme music for this podcast is Acid Jazz, provided by Kevin McLeod. Mm-hmm.